Hello, and welcome back to the Curious Ones podcast. My name is Emma Krebs. I created this podcast to be able to have conversations that were lacking through my daily interactions, as I always felt the longing to dive deeper. This space is for meaningful conversations that I hope help to broaden my perspectives and maybe even yours as well. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Curious One podcast. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Eugene. I first met Eugene at an online event hosted by Conscious Connections. Over time, we have really had some amazing, vulnerable, and very inquisitive conversations, and I've really gained so much insight from Eugene and his own wisdom. Truly, it was only a matter of time until I asked him to come on the podcast. During our conversation, we chatted about Eugene's immigration journey from the Philippines to Canada and what challenges and triumphs he had along the way. We also chatted about the courage it takes to ask the hard questions, the impact curiosity has had within our lives. Eugene also shared about his journey with self-development as well as his relationship with vulnerability. And in between these topics, we also shared many more questions and ideas. It is always such a treat speaking with Eugene, and I truly think he is the king of asking provoking questions. If you enjoyed this episode and further content I have created here on The Curious One, it would mean the world to me if you could share, review, and subscribe to my podcast as it really helps to support my platform and share these ideas and perspectives with more people. All right, let's jump into the episode. May you be inspired, may you be curious, and may you learn more about yourself as we learn about others. Enjoy. Fine, just be you, man. Just be you. Okay, okay, we're gonna start. We're gonna start. Well, I am like honestly, like I am not kidding. I've been talking about this with my partner Anthony about how excited I am for this conversation so much. So, Eugene, welcome to the Curious One podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me here. Uh, it's of my course. Practice. Um, I'm just changing the view here for people watching. Okay. Um, and also too. I want to stop and I want to pause for a moment because Eugene is your English name, but you have a very cool full name. So can you, can you say your entire name, please? Yeah. So, uh, I usually introduce myself as Eugene Eugenio, uh, yeah. but my first name is Lord Eugene Eugenio. Um, <laughs> I'm, it's kind of actually intimidating for me to say it and introduce myself with that when I, when I was young. So, yeah, but I think now I'm trying to embrace it. Yeah, I think you have such a powerful name for a reason. So you've been given a gift. It's it's a name that it's like people need to know that name. It's it's awesome. I, and yeah. so you're originally, we're going to get into all of this, but I just want to ask touching on the name. Like, so you are originally from the Philippines and we're going to, we're going to dive into you and your story, but is Lord a common name in the Philippines? Um, as as far as I know, um, okay. I haven't met anyone named mm. Lord, as, as in L-O-R-D, but I've known some who used Lord with E in the end. Right. Okay. So, like, uh, I think it's my, my because my, my parents um, serves in the church, both mm. of them. So they probably get inspired uh, to get that Lord name from the church, you know, from the, oh, okay. the religion. So I think that's a reason. Okay. Because then I was like, because you said you 
you would kind of deter from saying it because you, you didn't know if it was intimidating. I didn't know if that was just when you came to Canada or or also in the Philippines as well. Oh, in the Philippines, we adopt a lot of uh, uh, names. We also create uh, a different kind of names. Usually, oh, really? they, they combine it from the parents' names. And then my, mm. my sister's uh, children's, she, she names it into color. One is red, one is blue, one is cyan or cyan, you know? So mm-hmm. it, you can... You are. We have a freedom to to name your children whatever you feel uh, comfortable with. That's awesome. I think that's so cool, and it makes everyone more unique. And like, like as someone that has a very common name, I think it's. I find names very interesting. I don't know why, um, but yeah. Um, so okay. So you, I'm gonna back up a little bit. So Eugene, you and I met. Actually, we. I don't think we actually met, but we both. At least I came across you at um, a Kings of Hearts event. It was online because we're in the pandemic. And I believe it was talking about like community, but for people that aren't familiar with um, Kings of Hearts, it's a group that really, I'm going to flog the description of them. You can add to this if you want, but they are a group that gathers together to talk about conscious masculinity, but at the same time that that rolls over to many different topics. Um, it also goes into conscious femininity. Um, and yeah, so I've, I've had many members of Kings of Hearts on my show. I've attended a few of their events i'm clearly a big fan of them um yeah mm-hmm. is there anything i should add to that important no i think you said it right though um um yes we met in that and i think because of the curiosity mm. like i said i like the podcast the name of your podcast the curiosity mm-hmm. one because mm-hmm. it, i think most of the people who are attended to that event is are are curious you know Mm-hmm. Uh, to to learn something and and listen to the perspective of another you know and mm-hmm. at the time we it's either you agree or disagreeing with what others people says you just still respect of what they believe you know mm-hmm. yeah we're all like we're very open minded in that in that yeah. space yeah. yeah. And then we both, from there, we connected on Instagram like briefly, but then um, my partner, Anthony, started a group called Conscious Connections. So it's a place to mindfully gather with individuals that are looking to just kind of dive below just surface conversation if they feel comfortable. And you and I have attended the past two events together. We keep getting put in groups. And I, I love it because I told you this last time, you are not only have a fascinating story, you have a lot of knowledge to share, but you ask such great questions and your curiosity is something that I just admire so much in you. It inspires me as well. Um, so I was like, I got to get Eugene on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. No, I, yeah. it's funny because I didn't realize that a curiosity questions would matter also for another person like you. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, for me, I asked it because I usually love, I mean, I love asking a curious questions to people because it, it could trigger off their consciousness and at the same time i'm getting the truth or the core answers from them mm. my intentions of my questions you know what mm. i mean mm-hmm. for me in order for me to to get uh, a clear um, response i have to be clear with my questions as well mm-hmm. and I, it's actually um it takes a lot of courage to ask that it's not easy to ask questions with if you just strangers and you don't know any anyone and but yeah i think it's just a practice for me it's, it's skills i guess <laughs> totally and actually you know what we we spoke with this last time we talked um about when i shared that with you like just that i really admire that in you um we were kind of having a conversation around what you said it it takes courage because i think 
as I go along my journey, I, I do have more courage asking people these questions because I think before maybe I was more tentative or fearful because I personally couldn't answer those questions myself or if anything, I had never asked myself those questions um, or I was too afraid to ask myself those questions. So I think the further I can provide space for myself and ask myself these hard questions, I feel more comfortable to reach out and talk to other people about them. Do you feel the same way? Yes, I think it's, yeah. it's, you're right though. And it's also, it takes a lot of uh, um, uh, a safe energy mm. and, and, and you know what I mean? And safe space, you have to create a safe space in order for you to deliver questions and to respond as well and be intentional of what you say. Mm-hmm. The, the, the persons that you're talking with, they can uh, feel the energy if you're, you're really con- uh, curious of their stories. Mm-hmm. You know, so give them some uh, a, a space to trust you. Oh, I love that point, Eugene. Yeah, about just like, like, am I getting this right? Like, you have to provide that safe space for them, you know, and like show. And that, that's just something too. Is like sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll ask someone a question, and I'm like, is that too personal? Should I not ask him that 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 question? But I step back and I think about like why am I asking them that question? What is my intention with asking them that question? And honestly, when I'm asking these hard questions, my, my intention is like a genuine innate curiosity. And I don't have any, I'm not looking for any specific answer or looking to use it against them. Like it's selfishly for my own growth. So it's like, I'm trying to, yeah. So it's just stepping away from like, oh, I shouldn't ask this question. I think that's something that we just have in our society maybe, but it's like, why not? People like talking deeper as much as we deter from it i think that we all innately do want to connect deeper than just beyond right yes i think we have, we have a connection with that that we ask questions people without any expectations because we wanted to learn something mm-hmm. and we might also give them a, 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 a feedback that could impact them you know it, without any, any intentions as well um and also um i, I forgot but yeah <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. If, it, if it comes up, tell me. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I want to dive more into your journey. So as I mentioned earlier, um, you were originally from the Philippines and you moved to Canada. What was it? Nine years ago, you told me? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah? 20, uh, almost 10 years ago. Yeah, yes. In September. Um, I moved here on 2011. In, in 2011? Wow, that's almost ten years ago. That's that's weird to me. I feel like that was recent. Okay. Um, oh my goodness, that's like I'm just going to take a moment there. Um, okay, so I'm so curious. What was it like growing up in the Philippines? Um, my you mean my life in the Philippines? Yeah. Or- Yours. Like, what 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 was your childhood like? I'm just so curious. And how would it maybe be different than something here in Canada? Or yeah, anything you feel like sharing. Yes, uh, I think um, Philip, uh, my life in the Philippines is just simple. You know, um, I I I was I, I was grow what do you call this? Um, you grew, I grew up? up. Yeah, I, I grew up in a, in a household with eight siblings. So um, we have a big family, and it's a small uh, house, and and we the the the, the place that we are living is a com- it's a government. Um, mm which is very, very common in the Philippines. Just, you know what I mean? There's uh, average people, there's rich people, but there's also poor people. Um, but we are, I would say we are in the safe area 
Um, and yeah, it's it's just very simple. You just come to work, you know, you just, um, um, yeah, it's just a regular, regular uh, person as a, as a Filipino. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot warmer, I could imagine. Whereabouts in the Philippines? Yeah, warm, <laughs> Whereabouts? Warm and yeah, warm and Sorry? Rain. Warm and rain a lot. Oh, yes. <laughs> Complete opposite of Canada at the moment. But it's fun. It's fun in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, whereabouts in the Philippines were you from originally? Came from uh, originally from the uh, Manila. Manila, okay. Yes. I I didn't know where that was, but Anthony did. I I need to go to the Philippines. It's it's a capital of uh, the Philippines. And so you were one of eight children. Are you in the middle or like I'm second to the youngest? Oh really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yes, and my sister who used uh, who lived here too in Calgary. Yeah. She is uh, second to the eldest. Oh no way. And and are you very close with your family and your siblings? Yes, that's yeah. something that I'm very grateful because even we are far away. Even I have a sisters in uh, US, and then my brother used to work in the ship, and then one in Dubai. We, my, our family created a messenger, um, a family chat, who, who to to sustain our connections. Mm. So it's I think that's very. Uh, that's something that I'm very proud of because having nine uh, uh, children, it's hard to connect them all together, especially if they're spreading out. Yeah. yeah. And then they, they start having their own kids, their own families, their own yeah. lives. Yeah. yeah. They have like seven or eight ne- nephews and nieces now. Wow. I know. <laughs> that is insane. Common in the Philippines, I would say. It, it seems like it. <laughs> I was going to ask that, like, like big families are, are very normal over there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you though, in regards to, um, like sibling relationships, I only have two other siblings where we're small compared to you here in Canada, it's a bigger family, but, um, it's so interesting having siblings as your siblings, but then as you grow older, you become friends with them as well. And I think it's such a beautiful relationship because it's, these are people that have just literally for my siblings and the youngest, they've known me since the day I was born. They've had the same they would have the most similar experiences to me growing up as we have the same DNA and the same parents and the same household. Right. Um, and so it's just so interesting to navigate different chapters of your life and to still remain these connections with your siblings as well. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's great. Though. I mean, uh, having a small, um, family is also good because you're more intimate, mm. you know what I mean? Oh yeah, we're we're very intimate as a family. Sometimes we we're too intimate. We we tell everyone everything about everyone's business. So then, when so you were if it was twenty eleven, how how old were you then? Were you nineteen when you moved? Decided to move to Canada. Twenty. Twenty. And so, what made you decide to come to Canada? Because first of all, my sister is already here in Canada uh, way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I think three years, she was she used to live, to live here for in Newfoundland for three years before I, she she helped me to get here, and which is I'm very grateful because by that time I I was not planning to go to Canada yet be, until she just influences me. Mm. And it's it's funny stories because she applied me twenty twenty oh nine yeah twenty oh nine and yeah. then. After a year, I don't get any response through that employer. And then suddenly, I don't, I'm not active into Yahoo Messenger. Oh, Yahoo Mail. So there, 
one time I just checked my email and then I said, I'm just going to delete all the a, a thousands and reads because I don't, I don't expect any important messages. Um, and then I said, okay, I'm just going to do a, a quick browse. Then three days ago, uh, there's a message from my employer, which is, uh, I was like, it, and it's a French language at the same time, there's English, so it's a combination. So I said, this is something um, interesting. After a year ago, yeah, I didn't know that my sister is try was trying to reapply me. Oh, I you didn't know? I didn't know. So she did. Oh. She, she tried to reapply me again without letting me know. And then after that, I, I got that mail, and then for another year for processing, then I got here in Canada, mm-hmm. in Quebec. <laughs> yeah, and you landed in Quebec. And so, did you always plan on leaving the Philippines, or did you were you planning on staying in the Philippines? Like, and then your sister kind of was like, "Hey, I like you here. Do you want to come over?" Or by that time, I was I was still uh, my mind is still young. Mm-hmm. I was I started working at the age of sixteen, though. Um, but my mindset was not in in into coming here into Canada because. Um, but I felt like it could possibly happen because by that time, my sister is already in Dubai and my other siblings. Right. So I think it could possibly. Then when she told me that, I said, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> Why not? Mm-hmm. I think that's very exciting. Especially I'm going to, uh, it's an opportunity for me to learn more to speak English. <laughs> yeah. And you, you told me you didn't know any English, right? When you arrived? Um, by that time, I, I can I can understand I can understand, okay. but I don't I never had the courage or a confidence enough to speak mm. because uh, it it triggers off a lot of uh, um, overthinking of what others are gonna say if I my grammar was wrong, especially mm-hmm. in the Philippines by that time. Though the Filipinos are good in English. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I yeah, you're great at English, so <laughs> I know some other Filipinos, and yeah, yeah, just honestly, regardless. If someone can learn another language, like I've had the privilege of being taught like the most common language in the world. I don't know any other languages. So to me, it doesn't matter what language you can speak. If you can speak more than one language, I just have so much respect for people that do that because it seems nearly impossible. I've tried to learn French and it's like so hard and I learned at a young age and it's, so I have such respect for people that, that know more than one language. So I, I agree with you. You know, yeah. it's not easy, but you know what? Have you heard that the Philippines has a 187 dialects? Really? Dialects is not a language just because each town, each province has a different right. uh, dialect they're using. So if the other province and, and from Manila talk, they couldn't understand each other. That is insane. <laughs> because some of, most of them, uh, their second language is English. So they don't mm. even know the Tagalog which is a basic. Mm. So, so we couldn't interact easily sometimes. Wow, that's crazy. Because even like, like, I've never been to Quebec, but I find it fascinating that like in my own country, they speak a different language, right? So, okay, let's go on to Quebec. So you land, it was Quebec, right? That you landed in when you first came to Canada? Yes. Yes. And did you know that they spoke French or like, you didn't, did you know French or anything? By that time, no. I, I, I was aware that uh, the email that, uh, the, that I've been receiving is French. Right. Still does, it still doesn't sink into my mind that I'm going to go to Quebec, which is a, a land of French people. Mm. Uh, mm. So by that time, I, my journey in, in Quebec 
which is a small town, it's not in the main city, um, is what's a struggle a bit, but it's it's fun because you're learning because they they they're sending uh, they send us to a French school uh, for three months at least to learn at least to to know the the, the basics. Mm. And and how was it? How was it being in Quebec? It, it was fun. It was cool, but you know, it's it's kind of hard as well. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. You, you it's hard when you are not able to speak your own language that you're comfortable with. Mm. You know what I mean? And especially we're just by that time we were just five Filipinos, and we don't know any other other Filipinos because there was Filipinos living there by that time, I guess. Besides those uh, uh, aunts that I, we met there, like we call mm-hmm. it aunt, family friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that that's it. <laughs> and wait, so who did you come to Canada with? With the, who were the five other people? Uh, I don't know them. Oh, you didn't know them. I didn't know them. So oh. I, I. So it's also another challenging for me because uh, I've never tried to live with uh, with strangers. Mm. Uh, I, I and I don't know if I could be independent by that time. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's a good journey. It's a, good, it's funny. It's funny. It's like <laughs> struggle with the word, with uh, trying to be, you know, uh, with to, to be comfortable with everybody. You know. <laughs> yeah, like you literally moved to another country. It's another language, let alone a language you weren't really expecting to speak. Like not as familiar with as English. Don't know anyone. Have to live with strangers. Like that's a lot. It's a lot of unknowns. And yes, we are young and like you were 20 at the time. So I find we are more adaptive and like, I get what you mean about like the exciting factor of like, Oh, a new experience. And like, I'm going to grow from this, but like, what would you say? Like, what were some of those biggest struggles you've expanded on it? But like, even just like in your mindset, maybe that you faced when you first arrived. Um, besides the weather, I yeah. didn't expect it to be like that because I brought like a, a jacket that I brought from Trip Source. Uh, it's funny, I thought it's winter jacket, but it's actually just for spring. <laughs> so when I landed, it's so cold. I don't know. Uh, I didn't expect that one. I, my body was adjusting. And also the language, yes, and the acceptance of the French people. Mm. You know, like uh, because since they never used to live with other uh, nationalities or used to work with, how they gonna accept us? You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because just for their respect as well, it's their land, right? So you know what I mean. So there Mm -hmm. is like uh, they might feel that um, insecure, you know, or at the same way we might feel insecure. So that's the challenge. How can we have connections with these people besides the language that we're uh, uh, struggling with at the same time have the connection and trust that hey we're a team here yeah so we have I have to work on that too you know mm-hmm. and most Filipinos who live there was struggling with that mm-hmm. is there anything that Canada could Canada could have done in that situation to have helped um, get people from different countries feel more accepted and welcomed and as though we are on their side and we want them to be a part of our community more so than than you were shown by Canada as a country. I think um, I would say by by my time, um, yeah. they should have like a French language at the first place, uh, first place mm-hmm. uh, uh, from the Philippines, like a like attended as French or any any. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, um, 
and the English as well. Because by the time there wasn't, it wasn't strict, which is I'm very blessed because I, I I'm not sure if I can make it to come here if they require that. But I think now they're improving it. Mm. And, and also it's, it depends here in the Canada of the rules, right? The French has a different rules. Uh, Alberta and Newfoundland has a different, so it depends. So I think now they have a, a, um, a good structure mm-hmm. to hire a, a foreign workers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, and so then from Quebec, you went to, did you go to Newfoundland? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so what made you go to Newfoundland and like, what was it like when you went to Newfoundland? Yes. Because, um, um, after a year go and one year and five months i decided to move to newfoundland because my sister lives there and besides that i have to prioritize my uh permanent residence um papers okay not easy to get the the uh the paper or to be permanent into french language if you're not uh fluent Mm. you know and yeah it was a struggle but by that time it i need to be skilled into my into my uh position so from staff, from a st- um, service crew, I have to be a manager to be skilled in order for me to apply that. So before I transfer to Newfoundland, I, as a manager, it's, it's another adjusting because it's a different population again. It's a, you know, it's a, you have to add the adaptations of, they call it adaptations of environment. Mm-hmm. So that's why their personality needs to adjust again. Yeah. <laughs> It's completely different. Like, um, I have a, str- a hard time uh, understanding people from Newfoundland, and I, I'm a Canadian myself, you know, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what were you doing for work um, at that time? I was you- working at McDonald's. Okay. Uh, in in same same company in Quebec and Newfoundland. So it's the same owner, uh-huh. which, which is, I'm blessed because it's it's not easy to move to another company if you are on the process of permanent residence or if you don't have any paper. Mm. Yeah. And so then, and so then how long were you in Newfoundland for? I think three years. Okay. Yeah, and then you came, why did you come to Alberta? I think I asked you this, but I can't remember why. Uh, because I wanted to grow more. Oh. <laughs> no, because uh, I mean, Newfoundland is beautiful, but it depends on what your priority, I think. Mm. You know, um, because that Newfoundland, I wasn't living in the city. I was living in mm. this isolated area, which is yeah. a very small town. So it's everything is limited. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I mean? But it's a lot of features for sure. <laughs> a lot of which, sorry? Features. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and the ocean as well. Oceans, yes. Yeah. But I, by that time, I haven't get a chance to explore much. You know what I mean? Because my, like I was, like I said, like you adjust in a place. You know, you're still finding finding your uh, your um, your personality. You know, your identity. Um, yeah. So I decided to move here, and then another adjustment. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always adjustment for me. Uh, that it's ended up that um, you just keep saying yes to everything. You yeah. know. Yeah. It's um it's like the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset of every new opportunity you view it as an opportunity to grow or any time that there is change it's not like uh hiding from change because you're scared of change it's more embracing change because you know that this is going to have a positive effect in who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Did you always 
were you always like that? Like say yes to everything, as you said, and like want to try new things, like even growing up and things like that? Or do you think certain things happened for you that led you to be more that, that way? I think uh, before I got here to Canada, I, mm-hmm. oh, yes, I kept saying yes, because that's my, my goal is I have a dream for my family. So most of the Filipinos who come here in Canada or in other countries, they have a dream to support their family, which is a love because uh, Filipinos are very family oriented. Mm-hmm. So for me, I keep saying yes, because my dream by that time is to, uh, to buy a house for my parents, which is I, I did by 2011, which is I'm very grateful because now I realize the, 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 the result of what mm-hmm. I bought, especially now pandemic. So I give at least a comfortable life for my parents, you know? So you have to say, keep saying yes. Mm-hmm. If you have a dream, you shouldn't say no sometimes, but it changes in now. At my stage, it sh- changes as well. You have to practice to say no when you feel saying no. And what, can you expand on that? Like saying no to like things that maybe aren't in alignment with your dream or, or why, why, what are you saying no to? What things are you saying no to? I'm just curious. Um, saying no when you are, um, um, if you are not willing to something that it feels like it will trigger your, if you feel that unhealthy for you, mm. if you feel that it doesn't serve you at all, mm-hmm. you know, um, you have to prioritize yourself because by that time I was prioritizing my family. Mm. So mm. When, the, when you say, when you wanted to, when you're that stage of uh, self-love and self-worth, you're going to learn how to say no into something that it will help you grow or it will help. It, it's not, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why I, 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 I uh, read the, no more Mr. Nice Guy's book. Which oh, is yeah. My friend. This is the first book that I finished here in Canada. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because it's, it's a lot of things to do. It's not only, and uh, saying no, it's, just, it's not only about the jobs. It's also about the family, your relationship. You know, it's, it's a lot of things to talk about into saying no. And, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that I honestly find very difficult myself but I also find I think this is piggybacking on what you're saying in regards to how in the past you'd say yes to everything and then Mm -hmm. now that you're getting older you're saying more to more things or sorry no to more things I wonder if like for me it was like I I say yes to everything and I'm still we're both still young we're both still in our 20s and so I do find myself saying yes to a lot of things because I'm still figuring out who I am and so I try and put myself in new experiences to see if I vibe with it or not and sometimes figuring out what you don't like or what you don't want helps you to in turn find what you do like right because I put Mm -hmm. myself in a lot of situations or experiences yeah. that i'm like i do not want to be here <laughs> yeah. it's great, it's great yeah. that we are now can identify the differences we we have now the power to choose what we're going to say yes and what we're going to say no mm-hmm. yeah is, like it's important it is and like at the time like i always had good intention like i i had a sales job for a really long time um and it was like commission sales i did a really good job at it and for the first year, it was great. I made a lot of money. I loved it. And then I just learned more about myself. I had different priorities and I changed and it turned into like 
then being a bad thing for me to be in sales. And now looking back, it's like, I don't think I could ever be in sales now going forward, but it wasn't until I fully like went into the experience of sales that I now know I don't like being in sales. If that makes sense. Like on paper, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. But then once I actually did it, I was like, no, I'm, this is not for me. I'm good at it, but I'm way too, I think, empathetic to be in sales. <laughs> because, because you felt your, your uh, per, uh, purpose, mm, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, your passions already. Yeah. Like, uh, does it make you happy or does it just uh, a survival mm. job? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also felt like at one point I felt like I was selling my soul, you know, <laughs> or I was talking people. I got to the point where um, I had started learning about like minimalism and I started talking people out of buying things. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I had my, my boss come over and say like, you can't do that. <laughs> so what about for you? What's your, uh, um, why podcasting? Is that like something, is that your full-time job right now? It's not my full-time job. It's more of a, a side project. I have a, a full-time job at the moment. Um, I'm very grateful for the job that I have. Um, but the po- like, I would love to have the podcast be a full-time thing. I think I've mentioned it before on here. Like my dream would be to like, just have this more in my life, you know, just to be able to do this more often and to share it with more people and connect with more people. Um, so yeah. And why the podcast? I just, I always, um, I always tried to have deeper conversations with people and I never had the space to have these conversations. So I'd be finding myself talking with a coworker about her childhood traumas on a retail floor. And so like a customer would come in and it just wasn't the place to have these um, conversations. So that was part of it was now I have an excuse to have conversations such as the one we're having, but I mean, you and I are friends, so we'd have this regardless, but, um, it's also connected me to people that like authors and things like that, that I always wanted to talk to. And also to something that I find super valuable about podcasts myself is sometimes in the past and still now I will listen to difficult conversations, either like difficult conversations or conversations around more difficult topics. And by me listening to the conversation, I could then have that conversation with myself and then maybe in turn have that conversation in my life. So I hope that this space can be a platform for that and to help people just highlight different or alternative ways of living. That was my really long answer. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. I will, I'm listening. And actually I wanted to ask you as well. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I know. Um, do you think podcasting could be a passion or is that what you, you're passionate about? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so I, I, I like, I love it. Right. I, I, I get laid up by it and I gain energy from it. And so I'm kind of like questioning, like, how do I make this bigger or like, can I add anything to this and things like that? I have other friends that have podcasts or like my partner will ask me often like, okay, podcasting, like what else? And, um, about two weeks ago I had two days consecutively where all I did was record podcasts. Like I recorded like six podcasts in two days and it was the best two days of my life. Like I just loved it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop looking for all these other things. It's like, I just want to focus on podcasting. I love having these conversations. So I'm just going to keep doing it and just see what comes and 
I, I say this all the time. Uh, I think I said it already. If this was recorded or not, I would still just like, I, I would still want to have this conversation with you, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I, I like it because it's, uh, it seems like you're very happy into it and you're passionate about it because I asked you because of J, what Jay Shetty said. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, he says that your passions for yourself, your purpose is for the others. If you're mm. happy for your passions and you serve it to others, that's your purpose. Mm. You serve your purpose. So every time I, uh, I hear that, I got that compassion to every other's uh, work. Mm-hmm. You know, like any, any professions that they're doing, I have that like, deeper uh, compassion for them. Mm. And it's so much respect as well. It's, it's very inspiring. So that's why I'm always curious with people that what they're doing. Why do you do that? Why? Does that make you happy or just, you know what I mean? When I think about when I first started the podcast, it was way more interview style. And it was because I had the same thing as you. It was like, I didn't care what people were doing, whether it was making shoes or living in a tiny home. It was just that they were so innately passionate by it. I just wanted to ask about it. And so something I've concluded is, I'm passionate about talking to other people about things they're passionate about. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, same thing with me too. Like I, I learn a lot from yeah. through conversations, and that's why I like asking questions because it's instantly uh, a life lesson for me. It's just mm-hmm. up to me if which one uh, a perspective that will serve me at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I, I love it. I love the conversations like this. And also, it feels like I'm more into uh, control. I have a control mm. with, with myself. So I feel more connected with myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. it's important. Um, it's, it's really important for me. I love it. I feel like that's my comfort zone. If I'm very intimate, if you wanted to know me better, we have to one-on-one sit down and not in a big crowd that a lot of distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And like, um, it's just so, you said so much, like there's so many things I want to add to what you just said there. The first thing being you were talking about, this is your comfort zone is like asking these questions. Cause I, yeah, I, I feel it in you like the same, just that same curiosity of like, like that is what I'm most curious about is like things that light people up. And I feel, I can tell from conversations I've listened in on that you've been a part of you, you have that same curiosity. And so But one thing that I've noticed is I'm comfortable asking the questions and I get very uncomfortable being asked the questions or I I did, I'm trying to get better at it. And so I found that sometimes I will use asking questions as a way to like, like not put up a wall, but be able to like hide who I, who myself, does that make sense? Do, Do you ever do that? Like if I, if I see a friend, I just interrogate them with questions because I don't want to talk about myself because I don't know why I don't want to talk about myself. I get uncomfortable and I don't know why that is. So I'm trying to get more comfortable talking about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you ever use that as like defense? Um, I wanted to ask you also first, yeah. uh, why, where it's coming from? Where, why mm-hmm. do you feel like uh, you're uncomfortable to, to share when the same mm-hmm. is asked? You know what I think it was as well, part of the uncomfort was, um, because I talk about this quite often, like, um, especially when I was traveling and, 
this is an example. So Anthony is way more introverted and he's a lot more quiet when we're in a new setting and he feels very comfortable in the silence. Whereas myself, I would get uncomfortable if there was ever any silence or lull in a conversation. So I would fill the conversation with just meaningless questions or um, things like that. And so that's another thing is like, I really enjoy asking questions, but I enjoy asking deeper questions. Whereas when I'm uncomfortable, I'll ask any question, you know, like I'll ask about the weather and stuff I don't really care about, but I just, I, I don't want there to be silence because I think I was uncomfortable with the silence in myself, in others, etc. Did that kind of answer the question? Yeah, no, it's true. But at the same time, you're scared when they ask you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think I, I, I can relate what you're saying that like um, you have like a defense uh, mm-hmm. or wall to yourself when you ask somebody. Um, along the way of my journey with, with my uh, personal growth, I would say um, it doesn't need to be the same level of the answers they, 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 they say, you know, mm-hmm. when you ask something and be prepared that they might ask you something and be comfortable and be and answer or respond in through your core or, or say the truth you know if you feel uncomfortable like for me if i feel uncomfortable i'm, I'm just being honest to them you know what i don't know the answers i'm just gonna say like uh, is there something that you can support me that's why i'm asking you to maybe i can learn we can exchange um a lessons mm-hmm. in each other you know sometimes I, I just be honest i said i'm not comfortable thank you for your curiosity but i'm not comfortable answering your questions Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's super valuable because okay so for the podcast is like I want to talk to everyone about everything and some conversations I'm like oh this might be a heavy one and it might be a perspective that I can't speak to because I have no personal experience so rather than um so for example I've done one I just did one on um I spoke to a girl that has FSDH and she is a wheelchair. She uses a wheelchair. She's a wheelchair user. And so I was really nervous going into the conversation because I was like scared to ask her questions and things like that. And because I couldn't speak to the perspective, I, I, I hope this, I hope I can make sense of what I'm trying to say. Cause it's, it's hard for me to articulate. Um, and so it's interesting. You bring up that point of like just listening and your answer doesn't have to be equivalent to what they're saying. Because to learn about someone else is to ask questions and to learn about other perspectives that you haven't lived before, you have to ask those questions, you know? So it's, even if you know nothing about it, it's asking those dumb questions and, and not feeling uncomfortable asking them. And just, as you said, just being like, okay, like, I, I don't know what to add to that, but like, thank you for your answer or thank you for the question. Um, and just being comfortable in that. Am I, am I making sense there? Yes, yes, yeah. it's true. That's, I'm actually going to my uh, next uh, um, sentence is um, be the energy of what, you, of in any situations that you want to, to receive, mm-hmm. you know, when you say, when you ask questions, set the energy. So mm-hmm. you get the same response. So you feel comfortable to, to response as well. And mm-hmm. you might be open and be vulnerable of what they ask you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense because when you throw yeah. them a questions that, uh, unconsciously, they might uh, you might answer them back unconsciously at the same time mm. because you set up it's not right. Mm-hmm. And it, it it is true. It's just it's just being vulnerable and like asking these questions. It goes back to even us talking about how being more curious sometimes can be. You have to have courage to do it sometimes, and so it's like. 
being vulnerable to ask these questions and maybe to admit that like, sorry, I don't know much about this or sorry, I, and it's a lot of times it's my own ignorance or my own privilege that I have to acknowledge and leave behind and my ego, you know? And, um, that's been something that's been super, uh, interesting. And, and, and there's something as well that I, I, I hope to implement in the curious one is that like, I sometimes think, and I'm sure you could probably speak to this as well. A lot of these questions that you have to have courage to ask or whatever, a lot of other people have the same question, but they might be too afraid to ask. You know what I mean? So yeah. by you asking that question, like me asking on a podcast or in a group setting at conscious connections, other people might be having the exact same question, but they're too afraid to ask. But since Eugene asked it, other people are like, oh, thank you, Eugene, for asking that, you know? You know what? Because it's also, uh, I think asking a good questions is also an act of leadership. Mm. Because other people can't do it. Why don't you do it? Why don't you lead that? And then, and then when the, 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 especially the group is, uh, heard that questions and you have that courage, they can sense that the energy so they're gonna start throwing some questions as well be comfortable you know so I, th- I think it's an act of leadership same thing with vulnerability you know like mm-hmm. vulnerability is a leadership that mm-hmm. yeah, I really like that Eugene uh, and so you're going into something else I, I love talking about with you is is vulnerability so we've talked about it quite often um, you like what, 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 if you feel like sharing, like what is your relationship with vulnerability been like? Because we've had some very vulnerable conversations. Um, and I think I've asked you this already, but I'd love to just talk about it again on here. Um, were you always very vulnerable or like, do you find yourself being vulnerable in every setting or what's your relationship with like, with that look like? I would say, uh, at this stage, uh, before I, I met the King of Hearts, which is mm-hmm. the, I've never been, uh, vulnerable. Um, it's hard for me to be vulnerable. I wanted to, but I couldn't uh, uh, find a safe person mm. to share. It's not easy. So the first time that I've experienced that with Andy, which is, you, you know him, he's the, the facilitator of the King of Hearts uh, who created the safe space. Um, one time we just had a chat. I've become so vulnerable and I feel this, uh, the safe energy and the, 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 the compassion, the love, you know, that he, he serves me. And then by that time, the vulnerability become so big to me. It starts to like the curiosity. I said, I didn't, I don't even know the words of vulnerability. I don't even know the meaning of it. Like now you don't? No, before, like, oh by yeah, I experienced it. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? So when he, he, he triggered me to share something and it felt safe. I did share. And then now, and then he invited me to King of Hearts. Like that, I think that's going to lead into my, uh, to my experiences with uh, attending to King of Hearts events, um, joining a men's groups um, and attending some, anything uh, good conversations with. So vulnerability for me is something that you are willing to show up authentically and at least like a, and it could be a, um, an act of leadership for others to do the same. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's the whole piece. I'm just regurgitating what you're saying of leading with vulnerability, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, for me, I always thought I was vulnerable, but I think I, instead of being vulnerable, I think I just overshared on things that were not important, maybe to hide from being vulnerable. And um, 
yeah, I found this past year through meeting people, meeting people actually through Kings of Hearts, such as Jared, I'm sure you know him. Um, um, People like that have just really inspired me to actually get vulnerable. And like, as cliche as it is reading Brene Brown and her, her books on vulnerability, it's as you said, when I learned about vulnerability, I was like, oh, I actually didn't know what it was. I thought I did. There's so much behind it. Yeah. And to growth, right? Yes. Healing, mm-hmm. everything, uh, awareness. So that's why the vulnerability is very huge. Yeah. It's but, so interesting. Go on. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I just wanted to add this because I've experienced this about the vulnerability. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think um, two of the facilitator of, or a member of King of Hearts had a IG Live. So they were talking about the vulnerability. Then I asked them a question. I said, do you think vulnerability could be addictive? Mm. What's your response? My idea? I'm thinking, my first thought is, uh, I call them like energy vampires, where you just meet someone, whether it's you know them or not, and they just put all of their worries and everything they're going through on you, not an appropriate time or an appropriate space. That, that's just what came to mind straight away. But you mean it's toxic to another person that you're yeah. sharing with or to yourself as well? Um, well, I think essentially to both. To the other person because I'm a very empathetic person. So it's like if someone's just mindlessly telling me something, I'm actually taking it on whether they're meaning for me to take it on or not but also to if you are the person that's just saying all of this stuff to anyone and everyone mm-hmm. not in a safe space you're wasting your energy you're also like yeah. you could get involved with like some bad or like dark energy if i don't mean to sound too like hippie mm-hmm. um yeah it's just so you're you're not respecting your thoughts and your opinions and your feelings enough to be like okay now it's safe to properly address it I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I love it because it's, uh, you're, you're right. It could be toxic to another person and to yourself as well. But mm-hmm. I asked that to them because I think I've experienced it in the wrong way. So yeah. I have to hear. So I have to ask a curiosity questions. And I said, because I felt that it feels addictive, not because of the, the service of the vulnerability. It's because of how I handle it. Because it becomes because the first time I experienced the vulnerability, it feels so good. Mm-hmm. I feel the empathy makes me feel uh, lighter, makes mm-hmm. me feel happy. So it, what happened is, it's just the vulnerability is always stuck in my mind. So I, I keep sharing to anybody. Yeah. And then and, and I like the response. I like the, the, the empathy. But oh. it ended up for me, that I couldn't even observe what they're saying because I just feel so down more to myself because I don't, I don't know if you get it. Like I feel it's not because they're saying the wrong thing. It's mm-hmm. because I'm too focused into a, a, a vulnerable that I'm too sad. I'm too depressed or something like that. Um, so I asked that, but when I asked it, they yeah. said it should be, a conscious vulnerability. Mm. And also, it has to be in a safe space as well. Mm-hmm. Because if you just keep doing that to anyone, even just at work or anywhere, you might push people away as well. Mm-hmm. There's a policy. I, I, I want to ask more about, can we, I just want to understand further when you were 
being like over like oversharing the vulnerability or what that question was that you were just speaking about you were constantly in was it you thinking that because when you when we talk about things that we're vulnerable about and we're always bringing it up is it saying that you were constantly in that place of like sadness and, and sitting in those vulnerabilities or another thing I'm thinking is were you constantly looking externally to like validate your vulnerabilities does that make sense yes Yes, it's, I feel it's something like that. It's um, the, what, the words that they've been saying to me, the response that they've been sharing with me, it's, it's really good. But I couldn't focus into the, to the my, my, I wasn't conscious of what, what, why I'm vulnerable. Ah, the roots of it. Conscious. You know what I mean? I just want yeah. to share. But it's, I, and then it becomes so comfortable for me to be that moment at the stage and the constantly uh, stage. I've been talking to many people, uh, hearing a lot of people, uh, a perspective, but I'm, I, I couldn't be present even. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the, the, the sharings, the conversations become like, I don't know if it's a right word, it's become useless. Uh, but it's just, I think that's what I've learned. You have to be vulnerable conscious, consciously. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. And, and, and it goes into like the safe space and, and something else like we talked about a little while ago that I was like, um, we've talked about and I'd, I'd love to explore on here again is you speaking about how like your best time can, like for someone to connect with you is one-on-one and not in a group setting. And so for me, I talk about this all the time. I identify as like 50% introverted, 50% extroverted. But honestly, lately and through a lot of our conversations and conversations we've had at Conscious Connections, actually, I am really, I think I'm a lot more introverted than I am because when it goes to um, how I gain energy, it's like I find myself, I can be in a group setting, but I'm in a group setting, but I'm also off in the corner having a really intense conversation with someone, but I'm there in the group and I'm fine. Um, And so... Something that um, we've talked about before that I, I don't know, I, I just, I don't know if it's talked about enough and maybe it's because maybe this is common sense to other people, but I feel as though introversion is not as respected or it's almost like suppressed in our society. It's like, oh, you don't have that many friends or like, why don't you like go out more and things like that. And so the cultural pushback of being introverted you know, not having many friends, quote unquote, when for an introvert, it's more quality and not the quantity or number of friends, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Same thing. Like, I, I, I like what you shared, though. I, I, can, I can relate mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I can be in a group as well, but it has to be the same conversations or it could be a, a meaningful conversations. And that's just like, um, um, what do you call this? Let's say in a party, Mm-hmm. you know what i mean so mm-hmm. everyone's are and most of alcoholic people could be uh unconsciously aware of themselves so they're just sharing something that they're not conscious about mm. so it doesn't feel safe for me so my comfort zone is i could be in a group like like what i said i've been attending in too many uh and online events especially but mm-hmm. before the covid i've been attending in, in an actual group yeah you no know? and that's my that's i'm feel safe and it could be let's say introverted yes but i would say maybe it's i wanted to say like it could be extroverted in our world Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah Uh, yeah something like that 
there's I think there's a term for it. I think it's called ambivert. Um, I've yeah, I've heard that, but I've not. I haven't browsed it. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't really remember the specific definition, but it was talking kind of what we're saying of like you're extroverted in in places or with people that you really feel comfortable with. I feel like a lot of introverts can identify that way. But also adding on that, I can imagine like being more introverted, you recharge as an individual by fully by yourself. Yes, yes. You yeah. have to fill your cup before you can fill others' cup, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I want to ch- switch gears and I want to ask, how did you find Kings of Hearts and like what brought you to like look for them? Does that make sense? Like how, how did you come across Kings of Hearts? What were you looking for? What were you hoping to get from it? And what, you know? Uh, to grow. To grow, yeah. To grow and um, um, to, to meet a different people and because something that is something um new to me mm. besides that uh that uh, uh my, my brother andy or good friend um andy introduced that to me i met a lot of good people i think you've known some of them that who's mm. doing the podcast as well um every time i talk to each individual i see their passion i see how their passion is of their work i see how meaningful they are it feels like I can connect with these people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I like the topic. It's mm-hmm. resonated with me all the time. And I, I learn all the time from them, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and community is very important. Mm-hmm. That's what, what I've learned as well from my men's group. Like, it's either I joined that one. You don't have to be uh, conscious to, uh, to, be, to join. Just be willing. Be willing to mm-hmm. anything. Be willing and and you choose. It's you. You like they said it like a lone wolf. Uh, you, do you want it to try uh, to survive alone, or you want it to thrive together? Yeah. You know. So I so I want that one. I, I feel safe with that uh, with that community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then by that time, you're also uh, having the different connections in in anyone is strangers and i think it's also a good thing because there's no past uh relationship you had so there's always like you know what i mean yeah new, new people new people you can new be yourself. yeah you can, you know? yeah it's so to expand on the uh and, and together you thrive it's like the, the saying of like if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together right yes, um yes community like such an interesting point there it has been that one of the biggest things that i've i've felt in this probably like past year and a bit like i grew up in calgary and then i moved away to australia for a couple years but like i never experienced community and in this past year i have community and it's like so freaking cool like it's it's one of the most beautiful things ever just like I don't even know. It's like a, it's like another family. And I always was just like, Oh yeah, no community. Yeah. Uh, I have friends, but like, it's like, now it's like, I, you live around me. So many people like live around me. I go to the cafe. I know the people at the cafe and like, I run into people I know there. And like, if I'm struggling with something, one, someone in my community is like, Oh, I'll help you. Or I know this person, etc. And so, um, yeah, but I, I want to ask further about like, um, Kings of Hearts, you wanted to grow and things like that. So like, through our conversations, you, you seem to be very passionate and interested in like self-development. 
-hmm. And it's kind of been a thing that we keep talking about. Like, were you always interested in self-development or was that something like, like when, for me, I know when I started like learning about self-development, self-improvement and exploring that, like what brought you into, into that, that kind of world? Um, I think it's just the opportunity come. Hmm. It's just the opportunity came to me that um, I, you, you can feel it if it's the time for you. Because hmm. like I said, my journey to come from Philippines to Quebec to Newfoundland to here in Alberta, I couldn't prioritize my, pers- my personal development at all. I mean, you can. You can learn something, but you can't intentionally hmm. personal work because how can you do it if your papers in Canada, I think it's most of the immigrants experience this, that how can you make a goal uh, five years from uh, now if you don't know if you're going to get permanent? Right. If you don't know how your papers will be, what, what if you're going to send home? Mm-hmm. By that time, my, my leadership or my, my structure was not clear yet, but what my, my mindset is just to support my family. That's it. Because that's most of the, the initial uh, goal of the immigrants is to support family, to save money, to work here. That's it. Um, so every time I move, I have to adjust my personality. I can even, I can even totally connect it to myself. I'm not connected to myself my, uh, genuinely because you're just like a chameleon. Mm-hmm. You, know? you always adopt the, the, the environment. So by that time, when I get here, I said, I think this is the right time. There's no signal, there's no right signal, but I was just all the in- invitations come. Uh, and I, have, like, I, I went to uh, live coaches for a few months with mm-hmm. Andy, uh, which is great. It's awesome experience for me. Um, yeah, he's a really good, uh, good coach, I would say. And, and also I've learned a lot of things, <laughs> like something that I'm comfortable with. Like anything that I'm com- feel I'm comfortable, I, f- I feel I'm growing. Mm. Mm-hmm. So anything that, even the trauma, I've learned, like I said, I've never even know the meaning of the vulnerability, what is boundaries, what is integrity, what is um, uh, consciousness, what is something like that. You experience it from the past, but you're not putting attention to it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because no one's like, uh, um, um, what it calls, no one's teaching you beside your parents, yes, but also it's no one, I haven't experienced like a, a deeper connections with, but with King of Hearts, that's a platform. And it's, I'm the only, I, I'm just one of them who experienced that. I, be, I believe that most of them all also start their growth through King of Hearts. And I'm sure there's another platform that they're doing it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm very, I respect, those people who built those things, mm. you know, because they saved lives. Mm-hmm. It might be not, uh, probably not aware, but I'm sure that's their intention, you know, to save mm-hmm. lives and to, uh, to, to help people to develop themselves, to heal. So yeah, I, I've learned a lot of those things. <laughs> I, I love it. Thank you for sharing. The chameleon piece as well, I find super interesting. Like, that would be so hard. And like, I had that temporarily, but it was also a bit by choice. Like I chose to 
mm-hmm. try on all these different hats. But like now that you're in a more rooted place, I would just be curious if you feel comfortable sharing, like what are some things that you've learned about yourself um, since this journey of exploration? Can you elaborate that? Yeah. So you were talking about how before, before you came to Alberta, for example, you were always focused on other things and you had to prioritize like your family and saving money for them. And now that you are in this place and you've really gotten more serious about taking time for yourself and learning more about who you are and um, like getting a life coach, joining men's groups, like I'm just curious, what have you learned about Eugene and what have you learned more about yourself? Like, um, yeah, if you feel like sharing, because I know that's a bit of a personal question. No, I think it's, it's good to share as well. Like, I think it's more on self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot of self-awareness and, and it gives me, uh, it le- teach me to, uh, how to live the life. What is life really means mm. for me, you know, before you just, uh, you just go with the flow. They were saying, um, I always heard it that uh, the YOLO, you, live, you only yeah. live once. But I wanted to rephrase that to YOLO. You only die once, but you live every day, right? It's just a matter of how you live. It's just your choice. I right? love that, Eugene. Yeah. No, so by this time, with my growth, I think I chose to live it that way. This might, make, might probably not cool for others, but for me, this is cool. This makes me happy. Mm. So whatever others doing, have compassion and respect of their choices. Maybe it's not cool for you. Maybe by the, after a year, they probably join you in your, the same way. Mm-hmm. So it's just a respect. And it's just, we all have like our own uh, time as well. Respect your own time. Mm-hmm. But don't be too late as well. Mm-hmm. Because you're probably 60 years old and your mind's still 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And you did it. You 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 missed the 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 now. You missed the the, the life serves you from the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that Yodo. I like Yodo. that. <laughs> <laughs> you should get that tattooed on you or something, Eugene. I, I don't have a tattoo actually. You don't have one. You no. need one. Should I? Okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with you. We'll, we'll we'll get it. We'll get it. Um. Okay. The next one I wanted to ask you um is is a topic that I flog all the time and I love talking about, which is masculinity. So I'm so curious, what has your relationship with masculinity looked like? For me, um, I, like I said, I wasn't aware the, the masculine and the feminine traits before until I joined King of Hearts and uh, everything. Um, for me, masculinity, I think it's, uh, it's being present is when you're grounded, when you're calm, when you are uh, have the leadership or supportive, that's my masculinity energy. But I would say uh, men and women has a trace of masculine and feminine energy. So for feminine energy, it's a it's a vulnerability, it's a emotional. There are love, there are compassionate, and we both experience this. Mm-hmm. If, uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it has nothing to do with gender. It's the energy. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's the energy. It's the traits. And that is something we have to be aware, especially with this, with this modern world. Because there is like sayings that is stereotyping the old traditions, the old narratives, you know. Um, they have to, if the software, up, they keep updating, you have to be updated as well. <laughs> yes. You know, with the yeah. perspective. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, so for me, I think that is something need to be uh, teach in school or in anywhere, even the mental health, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's really important, I would say. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, because like, I wanted to, to touch on into mental health as well. Like, yeah. Um, I, I wish that they put that into, they prioritize that as a first aid as well. As, a, as is a common of CPR, uh, first aid, you know, because they can also save lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the first thing was, because um, I knew that was going to be one of the questions and I was thinking, because it was like, how do you define masculinity? What does masculinity look like for you? And I was just like, as I was writing that question down to ask you, I was thinking like, how do I define masculinity? It's something I, I think about quite often and it's super similar to your answer. Um, and to me, I define it as like holding space, you know, like conscious masculinity is non, non-gender conforming, but also it's just like being able to hold the space for whatever it is that may be, right? The compassion, the the expression, the, the vulnerability. So I love that. Um, and then going further on the mental health thing, I completely agree. Like I think, and I hope that in the world it will be normal, you know, like I think since we are talking about it culturally more often, I hope that that'll then in turn be like embedded within our education systems. But as someone that might not struggle to the extent as other people with like, um, depression or anxiety, like I have my blue moments, but not like other people, I've been trying to find resources to learn more about mental health because I know so many people affected by it. So I want to better support them. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. if your mom has cancer, you're going to do all the cancer research you can. Right. And Mm -hmm. so many people have cancer, so many people have mental health issues. So it's like, I've just kind of been trying to find that. Like, what about you? How how, have you, like, if you feel comfortable, like your experience with it or what you've learned from mental health? I think uh that's the other reason why I prioritize the personal health, uh, mm-hmm. personal development, because it's also the mental health yeah. that people didn't put attention to it. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, uh, because they are, are uh, they are not willing, they are afraid to face the reality. You know, they are covering up all and suppress all the emotions they're experiencing. I don't even um, I realize that all the emotions that we we are experiencing is all part of ourselves. It will lead you into something to to help you grow. Like even the, why, like I said, why we just romanticize the word of happiness or joy when there are words of sadness and anger or frustrations is there too. Why don't you just have an equal relationship with them and then be connected and be con- uh, curious of what these um, emotions trying to lead us. You know, like these these emotions or these uh, experiences that we uh, have is is there's a message to it. Don't try to push it back because the more we push it back, the more we suppress it, the more we put energy to the energy to that emotions. You know, instead, I I I I can attest to this because it's I experience it when I feel sad, and I was just like. It's so feeling so worse because I am, I, what do you call this? I resisting it. Yeah. At the moment that I embrace it, I allow to myself without engaging it. It feels lighter. Mm-hmm. And it becomes more clear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm sad. Okay. Okay. Get, I have to do what, but it doesn't end there. 
you know, you have, you always have to do something, uh, what the message do to, 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 in order for you to, to, to grow. If you right. just recognize it, it still sits there as, as a sadness or as happy. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. It's, it's like, first off, I love what you said about like, cause I want to expand on this. Remind me to come back to this about how in society we only romanticize happiness and joy and, and now even in the world, like gratitude, you know, whereas like other emotions are just as equal. And we are the only ones that say sadness is bad or anger is bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, crying and stuff like that it's just energy being released energy moving through you and so it was this summer i remember my friend one of my like best friends her and i were having a conversation and we both just started crying and like we weren't sad you know and we were just feeling this emotion expressing it and so we both said to each other like it's like it's neither good like tears are neither good nor bad they're just energy leaving our body and just completely having that shift of like of removing the stigma of like wrong like you can't cry you can't cry that's bad it's true like when you don't feel it what is it what there's like a saying it's like if you feel it in order to heal it or something like that and it's true like if you just keep resisting it it's just going to as you said I love what you said like build up and just get bigger and seem scarier whereas if you just face it and just feel it um it's like so healing you know something that I'm I I'm struggling with sometimes is like I I have a lot of suppressed like emotion I'm not saying this is like a like a like feel bad for me anything like, like nothing like that like it's just it's just emotion and I find myself like I will just sob after like a meditation or like if I see some small thing on a movie I will end up crying for like 45 minutes just and I don't know where it's coming from and so like our friend we have a mutual friend Dea like I did one of his breath circles and I just couldn't stop crying and I was like I don't know what the emotions were and he's like you don't need to know what they are like just feel them you know so yeah you don't need any answers in any situations. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just feel it. You just uh, uh, tr- uh, listen to the message or whatever it is, but it doesn't have an expectations. Yeah, you know? expectation. I want to ask you then as like a male, because this is something that I've like, I, I find interesting too, is in our society, the only emotion that a man is allowed, I put that in quotations, to feel is anger, right? Like in our world, if, a, if we see a man crying, we're like angry, you know, or like we, we think it's bad or like we say like grow up or like be a man or whatever it is. And the only emotion that we allow men to show is anger. Have, have you, have you ever dealt with that or like, um, face any I, of that? I haven't heard about the only, uh, uh, emotions that were allowed for men is anger. No, I haven't heard about it, but the, the, the stereotyping of saying that you're a man. That's what I mean. You shouldn't cry. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's an old narrative. It's actually a realize those, those people who keep telling those things, they are Mm -hmm. the one who has something to be healed with themselves Mm -hmm. because they're very insecure. They are very, there's something there that they can face it to themselves. So they're throwing to others. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I realized that any, any, anything that you see to another person, anything that you are inspired or feel insecure, check on yourself because that's something you have to heal through yourself. Mm-hmm. Be curious about it. Why mm-hmm. do I feel insecure? Especially to social media. Ooh. 
Yeah, you know what? Social media, it's a, a new social media envy. Yeah. Social envy, they call it. Uh, it could trick uh, or so, social media anxiety as well. Oh, because, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah where it's, is it just like, like explain it a bit more. Just like I'm guessing it's like, um, I'm seeing all these things online. I'm scrolling through and I think that I need all this, this car or these clothing or go on this trip, right? Yeah, uh, I think... Um, for this millennial or just new generations, they, especially the new COVID. So everyone's online. Um, so everyone are exposed into social media. From uh, There's a research that, um, um, what do you call this? There's two um, prog- uh, engineer programs who created this program mm-hmm. to, to hire the, the dopamine of our persons. Oh, yes. So they, they actually uh, quit their job because they feel guilty about it. Right. Because the dopamine could also triggers your, oh, I, I got so much like, I had so much uh, uh, comment. So it will trigger you. So it feels happy. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is, it, it validates your personality. And mm-hmm. consciously validate it of your, yourself. Oh, and then, and as, let's, I'm old enough, I would say, what, and sometimes you're, you could still uh, just browsing the, the, the social media. You see somebody, oh, why is he successful? Oh, he's looking uh, good, look, good looking. So you're having that insecurity. So what more for those teenagers who are vulnerable uh, with themselves? Mm-hmm. You know, who can mm-hmm. have an identity, uh, a clear identity for themselves. So they could affect their anxiety. So mm-hmm. it, I mean, that's why the anxiety started because it's validated everything of what they're seeing. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it is crazy. Like it's the same people that are making these, the endless scroll are like people that make gambling machines or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's the same people and just like, it's, it's hard. It's social media. That's a whole other freaking can of worms. Yeah. And, but there's a, a other way to like, you can do a, a social media detox. To, and mm-hmm. also be uh, wise with who you followed, who, who you browse, because whatever you expose with, it becomes you as well, unconsciously. Totally. You know yeah. So, yeah. For me, like, that's what I do sometimes. <laughs> I'm trying to follow people that, especially on Instagram, try to follow people that inspires me and doesn't, makes me feel insecure in anything. Yeah. Though I am, inse- I am secure with my worth, but if you keep browsing the same thing, it could triggers your insecurities. Yeah, totally. Totally. I completely agree. And like, I, I've talked about it, I think on here before, like my relationship with social media has completely shifted because since I started the podcast, I use it in a different way. I follow particular accounts. I'm the same, like I purge, I remove people that I don't like every once in a while, or just that don't make me feel good. And like, I don't need to question that. I just, if they're not making me feel good, like remove it. And I find, I actually learn a lot from social media. I don't know if that's controversial, but I, I learn about different perspectives. I learn a lot about mental health. I learn about different parts of the world, resources. So I think it can be a really cool thing. And, and honestly, in the past year, probably 75% of the people that I've met through my podcast, I've met online. The coolest part about social media is when the relationship can move from online to in real life, if I'm able to see the person in real life, or like if they live in another country, I can talk with them on like Zoom, something that tries to, is the closest thing to the embodiment of being in person. And so 
you're one of those people. Like we met through social media. How freaking cool. Like, <laughs> and like we live in the same city, so we're going to meet up in person. Like it, it can be used, but it, yeah, it just goes to, it's so easy though to get caught up in like, got to follow fucking Justin Bieber and like, you know, and and so it's just kind of being conscious again, going into like conscious vulnerability, conscious masculinity, conscious intention of using our social media. It's a tool or it's either going to, we use it or it uses us, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I like what you, you did with your uh, social media uh, plan. <laughs> you know, I think it's very wise and it, it's a good positive energy for, mm-hmm. I think, you know, yeah. and yeah. I think people should always uh, should should do the same. Yeah, yeah, and it just should just be like more. That should be the more like the the norm, the normal thing to do. Okay, I <laughs> want to ask you one more question about about curiosity. So you're a very curious person, right? And that's why we vibe. We've we've talked about that a lot here. So I've already asked you like, were you always this way? And and we we kind of explored that. But now I want to ask you to close out like. What role do you think curiosity plays within your life? Curiosity for me, it's 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 huge. I would say it, because it leads me to my growth. Like I said, it I I I I um I experience a lot of things because of your curiosity. Mm. Something that I've never done before, like this podcast. I told you that at the first place, I wasn't comfortable. But I wanted to try it because it's excited, exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why not? Why not? Because you're you're such a good uh, uh, person, and and I love the title you you said like you have yeah. curiosity one. And I wanted to uh, return the questions: Why you choose the curiosity, and why did you get curious with uh, me to be in your podcast? Yeah, totally. Um, That's okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. Of course you do. Um, so like, uh, okay. So for me, the, the, the name of the curious one, I knew I wanted it to be, okay. I'm an innately curious person. I always have been same as you. I find myself asking questions. It's like, why, why is that? And like on my computer, I'd always have like a hundred tabs open because I want to learn about the randomest things, you know, I, and so I would find myself being really curious about a bunch of things, but I didn't really have a, a source to like channel it. So it's like, I'm learning all this stuff, but I had no way to like share it with other people. So that was one way. And then um, I just, I wanted the podcast. I wanted it to be open. I didn't want to do like a specific thing. Like I didn't want it to be like just about self-development or just about, I don't even know, trees, whatever. I wanted to keep it open just like myself. Like I, I don't have just one interest. I'm curious about a lot of things. And so that's why. But then for the reason of it being like the curious one to get more specific, when I was growing up, uh, this is super random. Uh, my brother my brother has like really close guy friends and they were always like really like my second brothers. And they would always call me little one, like the little one. I don't know why, because I was like the younger yeah. sister. And so then when I was thinking of names, I was actually going to do cultivating curiosity, but it was already taken. And I'm actually, I know the girl that runs the cultivating curiosity podcast. And so, um, my boyfriend brought up like the curious one, like he was just saying names and I was like, Oh, I really like that name. But also it reminds me of like when I was a kid and I was called like the little one. So that's where I got that. Um, and then the reason I wanted to reach out with you, Eugene, is just like, 
I've just really enjoyed my conversations with you. Like, I think you have such an important message to sh- like, you have such an inspiring story. Um, I've just personally just learned so much from my conversations with you. And so like, I think so many other people would gain value from that. So it's like, whenever I see someone that I think has, has something valuable to share with people, I'm like, I want to be around this and I want to share this with other people. So, um, yeah. And I just, I feel really comfortable with you. I feel like we have really valuable, meaningful conversations and I just want to, I want to share that with the world. So that's why I reached out to you. Oh, thank you. I do appreciate that. Yeah. No, I- because this, I'm also curious why you asked me. Like I said, I'm just an average uh, employee. <laughs> why you asked me? But I'm curious of no, it, I, I'm really grateful with that because I believe that and I respect what you, you're doing and your with your passions uh, with your passions because I think it's everyone needs to be heard and everyone deserves to be seen. It doesn't matter who you are as long as you have something to speak, do it. And I think that's what I'm holding in is also the trust that you, you built for me to make me feel comfortable to share. Mm-hmm. Even I'm not bragging my name here that I, as a life coaches or any uh, mentors. I'm just trying to express of, of what I've experienced. I'm trying to express not to, to impress because mm-hmm. express is coming from my core, I would say. And those things that you've been doing I, I believe that you put so much value as well for the, your curiosity to themselves because that's how it works. You reciprocate the, the energy, your curiosity, and they, and, and they reciprocate the stories. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you both give and take. Oh, thank you. I love the I express, not impress. I think that was really cool. I know. It's cool yeah. because I, I'm saying it because you can, you can talk, but don't just talk. You have to speak. Mm. You can talk anything, but when you speak, it's coming from deeper uh, meaning. And when you impress, it's lighter. Impress, you're just impressing. Yeah. But you just impress because you're you're trying to to get the attention of everybody. But when you express, you just focus yourself and you're just sharing it. Mm-hmm. I think well, that's like that. Yeah, yeah. I I really like that. Express, not impress. Um. And expanding on, yeah, so we, we talked about that um, when I asked you to come on the podcast, you you did say, like, I hope you're okay with me sharing this. You were like, oh, I don't have, like, I think you said at one point, like, I'm not successful yet. And I was like, no, no, Eugene, because, like, where you are now, like, I think we can learn something from everyone, first off, but also, too, you've already gone through so much, and so I want to share that. Also, too, you have a perspective that is just completely different to mine. You grew up in a, like, across the world from me, so I've never officially moved to another country I've never had to learn a different language and face any of the challenges you face I've never been a, I'm a female you're a male like there's just so much I can learn from you but also too I was actually talking about this with um one of my friends who also has a podcast um and he was talking about how he's the same as me he just interviews people he has in his life already and we were talking about how on say like Tom Billu's podcast and say or Joe Rogan and he's interviewing Elon Musk right for example Elon Musk is on such a pedestal and he's already been this successful also to to me success is I view it in a completely or define it in a completely different way than society would define it. It has nothing to do with money or anything like that. So in my eyes, I think you're very successful, Eugene. Um, Whether you had a million dollars or zero dollars, I don't give a shit about that. But we have like Elon Musk, for example, on such a pedestal that 
yes, he can share something super powerful and impactful, but he's so far away from us that we are like, oh, that's amazing for Elon Musk, but it's Elon Musk. I can never do that. Whereas you have the exact same message to share just in your own words, in your own unique way. And it's like, I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's more valuable sometimes having people that are just in our community because it's like we are all people and 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 it is achievable to have a healthy mindset to be confident in who we are to be who we are to be vulnerable and so you know what I mean is that making sense it's like I wanna I wanna I think sometimes we learn more from people that aren't on this pedestal that is just so far away from who we are yes I I, I agree you know like I, I think I appreciate it but all all the things that you've said uh, I think now and even before, I just says that initial reactions. Yeah, I'm not. It's just like that. But I did. You mean it halfway, but but more on like I think personal development could be a success. Mm-hmm. I agree. And having a good mindset, a positive perspective, it's a success. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just too focus into uh, grandiose. but in in fact, you have to consider the small thing because everything starts in small thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just up to you how you accept it as a big success. You know, like, yeah, I, I think I can consider personal development is a success. And and now realizing that, yeah, I came from the Philippines, 20 years old, traveled to this one and this one. I'm brave. I would say, you know, you have to shower yourself with a lot of positive, uh, you know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy now. Affirmations, you know, yeah, it's just, <laughs> you know, you what I mean? your parents a house, like, dude, I haven't done that. I would love to, like, like, come on, man. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, I think yes, it's it's a it's a success. It's just like, um, um, it it's just an initial reaction, like I said, like yes, society implement that that mm-hmm. oh, the success has to be oh, you have to be a, a professional doctor, a lawyer, just to say you're successful. It could be, but it's not just there. There's more things that you can uh, look at. Yeah, and for the record, I'm the exact same way though. Like I've had people, I've, if I'm being completely transparent, I've had people ask me to come on their podcast and I've straight up just said no because I was too scared and I was like, oh, well, why would they want me? I don't have some crazy story to tell. Like, and it's just moving past that as well of just like, we're just having a conversation too, you know, like that's another thing is I think we think we have to have this message and it goes back to what you said at the beginning. If someone's sharing something with you and you can just, you don't have to like be at their level. You can just be honest and just say, cool, like this is where I'm at and be vulnerable. Like it just, and everything's coming full circle, you know? And so your initial reaction, it is human nature and it's something that I am actually trying to push through. And like, I get, Jared was my first podcast I was ever on and I was so nervous, so nervous. And so it's, it's, you're being vulnerable and you're being courageous by coming on, on a podcast and, and, sharing publicly about yourself so yeah yeah. thank you because that's why you know like i've been asking you what is the rules i've never been to no rules (laughs) what should i do what 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 am i gonna share and like but the thing is i think the men's group that i've been attending online and also uh like any events it helps me to to boost my confidence to be on the screen Mm. you know and to have this uh, deeper connections because i remember the first time i had a an online event it's like, it's not intimidating, but I feel disconnected. Yes. Because yes. I've, 
I feel I'm more into human connections, actual human connections, not online. But now I've learned that no, you can still have just do just be willing and practice it, and then yeah, yeah. you'll get. I know I completely agree with you because I was always like, oh, I'm not even going to waste my time. I'm I'm just going to wait till we can be in person. But you know what? We adapt, and it, it is true. You can you can use these tools to connect deeper. Yeah, we've had to we've had to figure it out. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I consider that as success as well. And which, sorry? Consider it as well as a success. I love it. We're redefining success today. I think it's great. I think it's yeah, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Eugene, is there, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you, you feel like expressing or sharing? There's no pressure. I just ask everyone this at the end. Like, um, or any topics that you, you'd want to explore that we didn't explore? Like, you tell me. Yeah. Uh, I think I just wanted to say uh, to say to your viewers or to yeah. everyone um, that if you are uh, curious with what with those topics, reach out to people that you think you can help and uh, try to start and and be conscious or curious to yourself as well. Um, prioritize your mental health mm. and also have compassion for yourself to others. Be kind. Be love, you know, you, and yeah, I wanted to say that. I love it, Eugene. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a great way to, to close out the conversation and thank you for sharing that. Um, if you feel comfortable and if people resonate with you in your story, they want to connect with you or just chat with you, are you able to share like where people can, can chat with you on, online? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a, like I said, I'm not like a life coach or anything, but I, I am. No, but you're a cool person, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that will put their curiosity. Uh, yeah. I, I won't take the responsibility. Um, yeah, my, my social media on Instagram is Eugene Eugenio. And now I'm starting um, the, the real estate, international real estate in the Philippines, based in the Philippines. So they can check on that. If there's anyone or Filipinos or anyone who planning to invest to the Philippines, uh, a condo unit, so they can follow the Eugene Eugenio SMDC. Oh, awesome. Facebook. On Facebook. Okay. And you're going to, you send me all these links and all, even if you didn't mention it, just everyone check out the show notes for Eugene and Eugene's and info and um, resources and things that we shared during our conversation as well. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Eugene, you. you are you are a light in this world and you inspire me so much. So thank you for chatting with me today. No, thank you. I do appreciate that. I'm looking forward to talk to you more and go deep. Yes. Eugene, just as you mentioned there, I do look forward to talking to you again and going even deeper next time. I want to take a moment to say thank you once again for coming on The Curious One, being vulnerable and sharing more about you with the world. I'm so grateful that I could speak with you on my podcast. As well as always, I like to take a moment for the third person in the conversation, which is you, my listener. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode. And the quote I want to leave you with today is by Osho. Knowing oneself, one thing becomes absolutely clear. No man is an island. We are a continent, a vast continent, an infinite existence without any boundaries. The same life runs through all. The same love fills every heart. The same joy dances in every being. Just because of our misunderstanding, we think we are separate. 
All right, my friends, that is all I have for you today. I cannot wait to connect with you in the next one. If you would like to further this conversation and get in touch, visit my Instagram at the curious one podcast. For more information, resources, and show notes, please head to thecuriousonepodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, be well.